Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Sports Crossroads podcast, a podcast all about sports around the state of Indiana. Today, we get a chance to talk to someone who is big into Indiana sports, just not quite from the state of Indiana. I've had the pleasure of working with him on a couple other things going on around another Indiana sport. Um, So please help me welcome from across the pond, Tom C., uh, Tom can be found all over the place on Twitter, um, but mainly we're finding him at Indy11UK. Tom can be heard, is it every Wednesday and Saturday now for Q the Smoke? Yeah, yeah. He can be heard every Wednesday and Saturday over on Q the Smoke, which is on all of the podcast platforms now. Welcome, Tom. Hello. So, Tom... Just a little bit of background. You're from the UK. You've got all the big soccer teams over there. How did you get to Indiana sports? Um, it just, I was looking for, it was about 20 years ago, so I was looking for a basketball team to, to follow and just ended up watching the Indiana Pacers game one night um, and just really followed, followed them from there. Um, which then led us to um, the Colts. Uh, so then I started following the, the Indianapolis Colts. And then from there, obviously, um, Indy 11, because as you say, like um, football, soccer is big over here. So um, it's like the sport that I follow mostly. But when I found out Indy 11, like Indy had a football team, soccer team, started following Indy 11 really as well. So that fateful day 20 years ago where you found the Indiana Pacers, I'm just going to go off on a limb and say the Pacers won. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, not very yeah. often do you uh, watch a basketball game and the losing team to root for. Yeah, no, they did win. Um, and yeah, my favorite player from then on was Jermaine O'Neal. Okay. Um, so yeah. Just followed them from there, really. So, Tom, the last thing you talked about was Indy 11. And at some point, we're going to get you over here for a game. But let's talk about Saturday's win at Carroll Stadium against OKC. First half of the game, or first 10, 20 minutes, not much going on. And then you have your man, Nicky Law, sitting a beauty in, or sorry, Arteaga sitting a beauty in. To your man Nicky Law for the first goal. What was the reaction from over across the pond? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Nicky Law's been doing excellent all year, to be honest. I know the team's uh, the team itself's been up and down. Um, like the the form and the performances have been up and down, but Nicky Law, I think, has been um <clears throat> one of the bright spots um in all of that. And obviously yet the other day, um on Saturday, sorry. He, he definitely had a big hand in the game and deserves man of the match, definitely. Obviously, for scoring one and then setting the uh, setting the second one up on a plate for RTL get the score. Definitely. Nicky Law has been, you know, not a guy who was on the roster last year. Yeah. And as soon as Max Rogers took over, you kind of saw 
him step into his own little world that you really didn't get to see when Rainey was there. A um, little bit after that, you have the OKC goal. Not sure how that one got in, but we'll look aside from that. First half ends, 1-1, going to the second half. Nikki Law returns the favor. Beautiful head of Manuel Ortiaga. Yeah. And, of course, the BYB gets to go crazy. Only the second home win this year for the Indy 11. Your thoughts on just the entire game in general? Yeah, so um, scoring first definitely definitely helped because, as, as you say, it's only the second time that we've won at home. So scoring first, taking the pressure off a little bit because I think if it had gone the other way, um, coming off the back of the Atlanta result, uh, the heads probably would have dropped a little bit. So definitely going 1-0 up helped. Um, as you say, the second goal, I just think, uh, I think his name was is Batista, the guy who scored for OKC. He he's such a, he was such a big guy, like he's so tall. I, I don't know how tall he was exactly, but um, for him to get on the end of that, uh, the corner kick was no surprise. Um, but then yeah, second half we just kept kept grinding away, um, and as you say, uh, beautiful header from Artiaga. Uh, the ball from Nicky Law was excellent as well, and. After that, I think we just about hung on. Uh, Jordan Farr was probably in inspired form, uh, ref- definitely refusing to was refusing to get beat in that second half. Nothing was going to get past him. I definitely feel like this game more than any other game that we've had this year has been the first time that there's been a great matter of like cohesion with the team so often with Rennie and even the kind of the early parts of Max Rogers we were kind of rotating in lineups obviously we're we were without Neville Hackshaws he went off to Trinidad and Tobago in the gold cup we lost Jordan Farr with that broken wrist that he and he got against Pittsburgh so seeing the team come back as one was it was nice. It felt like the first time the team was pumping with all gears going. Yeah. Yeah, Hackshaw, Hackshaw coming back is definitely a, a massive positive. Um, he, brings, he, he brings so much to the, to the table. Speaking of Batista, who scored the goal for OKC, he is six foot five. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm watching it on TV and he, he looks big. So, I mean, I can only imagine... I'm sure that people down in the BYB or, you know, in that kind of first section of seating would have a better view than I would being way up top. But yeah, you look at you just look at the field and you can tell the person like how big someone is. And Batista definitely looked like he was one of the bigger guys out there. Yeah. I think yeah, thankf- so- thankfully, um, obviously, apart from him scoring the, the goal, um, I don't think we give away too many other opportunities like corner kicks or whatever for him to to get in the box again. So that probably uh, helped. Other than within like the first 20 minutes, those four corner kicks in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep giving corner kicks away and one of them's bound to, to at least uh, hit the target. So. 
So let's talk about the defensive side of the game. Jeremiah Gutierrez was a guy who just kind of came out of nowhere this game. What were your thoughts on the defensive presence of not just Gutierrez, but the entire team? Yeah, yeah, but the whole team defended better. Um, as, as I say, I think Hackshaw has a lot to do with that. But, um, yeah, as you say, I sent a tweet out after the game on Saturday saying that had it not been for Nicky Law scoring one and making an assist for the other, I think he would have been my man of the match personally because I thought he was excellent in the middle of the, middle of the midfield. I haven't checked on the man of the match recently from the Indy 11 Twitter page. I do know that uh, Arteaga, yes. Law, Sissoko, and Gutierrez were kind of put together. I, yeah. And Neville Hackshaw was Law, the other one. I think Nicky Law's just about won it. I think uh, the last time I checked, uh, when, they put the, when they put the poll out there yesterday, the man of the match poll, um, it, I think Nicky Law was winning. So it's probably gone to him. The official yeah. one, anyway. At the final results, at 55%, it would be Nikki Law. Yeah. Overall, I think that was probably our best game yet so far this season. Let's hope that it, you know, can stick together and keep going Wednesday night when they go to uh, Virginia to play Loudoun United. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Loudoun are doing too well this season, so hopefully they continue to... Uh, struggle and we can get another three points those three points will be needed as Louisville still sits atop the table yeah. first, first half of the season not quite what anyone from the N11 was hoping for what are your thoughts and hopes for the second half of the season um, I'd just like to go on, on a bit of a run um, it seems like we can't string a few wins together rather than uh, we'll win one game and then we'll go a few games without winning. So hopefully um, Saturday night was the start of, of a win and run and hopefully we can push up the table because I definitely think we should be higher up than we are. Um, on paper, the squad should be higher up than it actually is. Um, as you see, Louisville's kind of running away with it, so I don't think they're gonna, they can be caught. Um, I'm not sure, uh, as a Birmingham's in second, I'm not sure how many points they've got, but I definitely think we should be aiming for second to place come the end. Right now, Birmingham is sitting in second with 33 points. Yeah, yeah, so I think we're quite a way off them, aren't we? So, yeah, definitely, I would say uh, trying, trying to get into the playoffs is the main thing, but the higher we can finish, the better. Speaking of getting into the playoffs, you look at the table from third with Atlanta United, two at 25 points, all the way down to seventh with Memphis at 21 points. There are so many teams right there battling for a spot within a matter of four points within each other. I think yeah, this, this grouping, the central grouping, is the most competitive grouping. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely tight and all that. So since Martin Rennie left, what was that, June 7th, I think, against Pittsburgh? Yeah. What have your thoughts been on Max Rogers and how he's led this team? I think he's done, I think he's done a really good job, all things considered. Um, obviously, it wasn't his team 
Um, he's just had to really take over, and um, it's not his roster that he's built up. It's obviously Martin Rennie's roster that he he built up. So yeah, to, to just come in and just take over in such short notice, I think he's an excellent job, and uh, he deserves to to see the to definitely to see the rest of this season out as as the interim head coach. And as of right now, what has to happen the rest of the season for Max Rogers to get the nod going into next year to stay head coach? Mm, to probably stay head coach, I think we'd probably have to um, finish quite high um, in the in the final table and probably have a decent enough playoff run, I would have thought. Um, obviously, yeah, I think that I think that would have to happen in order for him to be given the job full time. Just looking at the schedule here, we have Loudon Wednesday, Sporting Kansas City Sunday, and then we're back at home on the twenty eighth against Real Monarchs SLC. Let's turn our attention to the other. Indiana sports team that played this weekend. The Indianapolis Colts saw their first preseason action against the Carolina Panthers. And if I'm not mistaken, it was a 21 to 18 win. Yeah. Your thoughts on the preseason game. We didn't get to see Carson Wentz, who I believe is still dealing with his foot injury. We didn't get to see many of the starters. What were your thoughts on kind of the younger guys taking up? Yeah, obviously going into the game, um, all eyes will be on the on the quarterbacks because of Carson Wentz's injury situation. So um, it's not been obviously decided yet on whether or not uh, Carson Wentz is going to start the season, if he's going to be able to start the season. So it's kind of between Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger and who gets the starting job, if that's the case. Um and yeah, just obviously the first time I got to see them both yesterday, it's it's hard to read too much into it because they are they're not playing with the starters, so they're throwing they're throwing the balls and what have you to the um, like a third fourth choice wide receiver or whatever. So it's it's hard to judge off one game, um, but I mean I know judging by Twitter last night, the second half that Sam Ellinger did get to play. I think a lot of people are jumping on the the uh, Sam Ellinger train at the moment. So, but we'll see. It's it's only one preseason game that's just been played. So, I was gonna say midway through the second half, I'm thinking Sam Ellinger is doing decently better than Jacob Eason did, and then I had to remind yeah. myself it's preseason. Yeah. Some of these guys may not even be on the Colts roster, let alone an NFL roster. Yeah. Speaking of preseason yeah, games, hard to judge. it is very hard to judge. And that's been my issue with preseason. I like, I love preseason. I love being able to get football, you know, three, four weeks early. But the preseason games are always hard to judge. I mean, you have the Baltimore Ravens who are undefeated in the preseason since 2015. Their seasons turn out to be, you know, playoff contending seasons, but they don't get to the championship. Yeah. So, for the longest time, for the Colts at least, if they had a good preseason, 
it was it was kind of scary like okay we had a good preseason normally the regular season wasn't the best yeah speaking of guys we missed in the preseason let's talk about all the injuries that have been hitting this Indianapolis Colts roster started off very early with Darius Leonard being told or us being told he might miss some time with an ankle injury we're like okay let's move on Quarterback Carson Wentz has some sort of old fracture in his foot from high school. He's going to be out five to 12 weeks. It's like, okay, our best defensive guy and our quarterback just went down. We can't get any worse, right? And we lose our, we lose, I believe it was Quentin Nelson went down with almost the same exact injury that Carson did. And it's just, it, it's like, okay, can we stop now? Yeah. The yeah. Inj- um, it's like you say, it's um, the injuries have not been kind so far. So I'm hoping this is us getting them out of the way now so that when the season starts, um, the the injuries will stop. Um, say, I don't know how long's left. I think there's 11, 12 weeks or something till the start of the season. So, they haven't, they haven't ruled Carson Wentz out completely from starting the first game yet, but uh, I think the same goes for Quentin Nelson. Um, I've seen Darius Leonard was on the sideline yesterday, jumping around, being the typical maniac that he is. So I think he he looks fine to me, and I wouldn't be surprised if he played uh, in one of the final two uh, preseason games that they've got lined up. So I do know that reports were that he was back on the practice field, um, whether he was doing a full-on practice or whether he was kind of more just going through, you know, the motions, making sure he was able to do everything. I don't know. But I definitely think we will see Darius Leonard at some point this preseason just to make sure everything is clicking with him. Yeah. Speaking of practices, I don't know if you have noticed, but every year the Indianapolis Colts welcome whoever they're scrimmaging or playing in a preseason game first into the practice facility. The report always is two teams fought. (laughs) And again, that was the case this year. Yeah, I think think it's a good idea to... Have um, have another team come and practice against them. I don't think it's a bad thing just because um, it gives you. I suppose it just gives the coaches as well um, something else to plan for. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. And then obviously we play. We yeah, we had the practice last week with the with the Carolina Panthers, and then we played them yesterday. So yeah. And if Greg Rickstraw was correct, which. I don't think he's ever been incorrect. <laughs> that practice is more, yes, we're going to have some of the preseason guys practicing, but that's more a one-on-ones. They don't yeah. play in many preseason games, so let's see what they're going to look like against another team. And that would be the, like, if I could get, like, an eagle's eye view on that, that would be what I'd want. Yeah. So, obviously, don't. We don't see any of the starters. Well, 
most of the starters. We don't get to see what the team's going to look like going into the season. What are your hopes for the 2021 season for the Indianapolis Colts? I think that obviously the last the last few years they've they've managed to make the playoffs, but not 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 go on a, a playoff run. So I think that's the probably the next step. It's trying to get a few rounds deep in the playoffs. Um, last year was what the wild card against Buffalo um, came close to to winning that, not quite. But yeah, I think I think they need to definitely need a they need a playoff run. Um, finishing top of the division would be high on my list as well because I'm not sure the last time they finished at the top of the um, of their division. I think it's been a while. It's, uh, I Tennessee, think it has. Tennessee's the last few years finished first. I was going to say it has been a while. It's been Tennessee and Houston kind of sitting at yeah. the top of the division, and the Colts haven't had much of a say. Definitely think that top spot in the AFC South needs to come back here to Indianapolis before this yeah. North team in the AFC South. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely think that playoff run, get out of the wild card, move on to the divisionals. Yeah. I'm not even saying an AFC championship, just move past the wild card. And last year was a good game for the Colts with Phillip Rivers taking charge. I'll be interested to see, first of all, who's the starting quarterback going into the first week of the NFL season, but also how well is Carson Wentz going to do with this roster of players? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was the obviously that was the draw, wasn't it? Um, seeing how if if Carson Wentz can get back to his to his um the the Super Bowl winning uh, Eagles team, if he can get anywhere near that form that he had that year, then the Colts have made a really good pick up there. But obviously, we won't know straight away probably if he doesn't start the season due to the injury. And with the quarterback position being such a high-money, high-profile position, in my, you know, in my thought as, you know, growing up in the sport of football, being a coach for a freshman team right now, I would rather let Carson Wentz take as much time as he needs, regardless of if he misses the first four or five games. I'd rather have him completely healthy and ready to go to try to go make a playoff run, then rush him back for week one, and by week thirteen he's hurt again. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what they're planning. Um, just the stuff I've heard from from Coach Reich. Um, he's he's pretty relaxed about it. I think, and he said exactly what you've just said to Carson. Um, don't rush it. Take as long as you need, sort of thing. And they're obviously gonna. Um, put Eason and Ellinger, um, let them fight it out for QB1. We've come a long way since drafting Andrew Luck in the first pick with the draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Andrew Luck for seven, eight years retires. Sorry, Jacoby. Got to force you into the quarterback, the starting quarterback role. He gets two years. Philip River comes in. 
has a good kind of send-off year. Obviously, he would have wanted to finish his NFL career with a Super Bowl championship, but he did say that if a team needs a quarterback midway through the season, he would be willing to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't think. I don't think the Colts would go back there. Um, obviously, had had the end of the season, if he, if he had decided not to go and coach high school or whatever he's doing now, um, they probably would have signed him again for another year. But I think it was definitely time to move on and get a more mobile quarterback. And let's hope Carson Wentz can stay healthy while being mobile. Tom, is there anything else you want to talk about before we head off? Um, just, yeah, just to touch on the Pacers. Obviously, um, the Summer League is, is ongoing at the moment. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't, I haven't seen too many of the games, just highlights. But from what I have seen, uh, the the first round pick the, that they made, I think it's, he's a pronounced Duarte, uh, Chris Duarte, I think it is. He's looked really good um, in Summer League and it's, I think the coaches have said that he could probably walk straight into the rotation. So just keep an eye on that. It's always good when your team can draft a pick, regardless of where it is in the draft, and he would have the ability to walk in to the lineup. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think obviously having the number 13 overall pick, they needed to make sure they didn't didn't sign another another dud, and the the they made this pick definitely count because um, they haven't been too great the last few years. I've felt in in the in the draft. And unlike the NFL, NBA draft is two rounds, and then yeah. we're done. Yeah, there's so much talent coming out of just. Every corner you have, you know, guys coming from the G League, guys have guys coming from college. There's not a exact route to take anymore. So it should be interesting to see how the Pacers look this week or this year. They do play tonight at three against the Washington Wizards. Pacers are two yeah. and two in the summer league so far. Yeah. Yeah, as I say, I haven't really seen the games to be honest, but I have I have watched the highlights and and they've they've not looked too bad. And he's obviously stood out. Uh, Duarte, I think he's been the high scorer in all of those games you've just meant uh, they've, they've played so far. So uh, I think the thing for the Pacers, the main objective this year is to just stay healthy because um, it just seems to be, especially last year, they're, they're just. One player comes back, another one goes down with injury, and then that was that was happening all year long. Obviously, TJ Warren um, d- d- missed up quite a lot of the season through injury, so it'd be good to have him back. So, have you? Are you a Indiana University basketball fan? Um, not particularly. No, um, I, I don't. I don't follow any of the university sports. Although I did uh, watch the uh, the IU uh, football team uh, just last year, um, I did watch quite a few of their games. So I probably will do again in the following season. 
but the basketball, no, no, I haven't really followed that. All right, so you don't have as much background as many of us here in the state have when it comes to a guy who we traded off to, I believe it was Houston, uh, and Victor Oladipo. I, two, three years ago when he was traded here for Paul George, was super excited. Everyone was talking about the Thunder won this trade. They're picking up Paul George. They're getting, you know, rid of two guys who aren't big roster guys. Well, for two years, well, in the first year, Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis led the Pacers to a game seven in the first round of the playoffs, the first time ever that LeBron James had been taken to a game seven in the first round. Yeah. Second year, Oladipo tears something in his knee. That kind of ended that season. Yeah. Third yeah, year. I think the, 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 Pacers, the Pacers definitely won that trade. Uh, I mean, what, the, the Thunder got Paul George for, what, a year? And then he decided to opt out. So uh, I think we the, the Pacers definitely won that trade. And then you um, have... It's just a shame. It's just a shame that, obviously, uh, Oladipo has now left. I was going to say, it, it, we, we had one good year with Oladipo. The next two years are injured. And then before you know it, Oladipo is off at Houston. Nope, now he's down at Miami. Yeah. And for the longest time, you know, watching the Pacers growing up, I kind of had this thought. It's like Paul George isn't – he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, great player. But he's not a – solo player he needs someone else there with him yeah but looking at the rest of the nba that kind of has to be you know the thought process now you look up at brooklyn they have kevin durant and kyrie Irving and and james harden then you look down at la and you have lebron and ad and now the addition of russell westbrook the nba is a super team league and if you only have one superstar, chances are they are probably going to leave to try to chase championships. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was quite refreshing that the uh, the Bucks won the championship this year because, like, I wouldn't say their team's full of superstars. Obviously, Giannis is, is the exception to that, but I wouldn't say their team's full of superstars. Um Yana, yeah, obviously Yanis, yeah, being the only one who you would say is a regular NBA All-Star. Um, so I think that was quite refreshing to see that they won the they, they won the championship this year. I think either way, if the Suns or the Bucks won, neither one of those two teams are truly a super team. I mean you have yeah. Giannis over with the Bucks, you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul over with the Suns. But it's not every person on the roster is getting paid $80 million because of a superstar. Yeah. As much as I'd love to see the Pacers make it to an NBA Finals, knowing what the NBA is and knowing how small the market the Pacers are, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be tough. I think the... It's just the case of the 
it's they're not a big market team, unfortunately. So they don't attract a lot of the major free agents. So it's a case of they're going to have to hit on some draft picks, um, and try and, and try and grow grow their own, basically. So. I think more importantly than hitting the draft picks, making sure they keep their key players. I know for a year or two now, everyone's been talking about one guy and his contract's about to end here in Indy. Hopefully we can resign him, and that is the man from Texas, Miles Turner. Yeah. Hopefully yeah, we yeah, get to resign think- him, but who knows? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people you either love Miles Turner or you hate him. I think there's a lot of people out there. I'm personally on the I'm the pro Miles Turner camp. I think he's he's invaluable. We always look better on defense when he's on the floor because he's the the premier shot blocker that he is. So I would definitely try and keep him, if I'm honest. One could say he's the Neville Hackshaw of the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> yes, that's a good that's good, yeah. All right, Tom, any other sports mentions that you have? Uh, No, I think we've covered quite a lot. All right, well, make sure you guys check out not only this podcast, but also Cue the Smoke podcast. Again, that wears every Wednesday and Saturday on Anchor, Spotify, Apple. I think he just said he got a Google podcast up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so basically, yeah. if you have a podcast platform that you like listening to, Cue the Smoke is on there. Tom, thank you for joining me for this first episode. No problem, anytime. Can't wait to eventually get you out to Indianapolis for an Indy 11 game. Yeah, that's the plan. All right, guys. Well, I will be back with another episode soon. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been the Sports Crossroads Podcast.